The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Hey everybody out there in Radio Land, this is James Young from the Rock Band Sticks. If you are technically challenged, if you got trouble with that computer yours, because Lord knows I do, you need to listen to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeert. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Welcome to another week. What a big show last week. I don't know what happened, but so many people have listened to last week's show. Good. And I've even got people telling me congratulations for Sean. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a grandpa. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm glad. No, in case you missed it, uh, you can find the show on our website at techtalkradio.com. It's on our blog, blog.techtalkradio.com. It's at Spreaker. It's on Amazon Music. It's on iHeart. It's just pretty much everywhere that you can uh, that you can listen into a podcast or a show. But uh, Sean made the big announcement that his wife and him are expecting a baby. March yeah. of 2021. It's going to be wild. Oh, 2022. It's going to be wild. A lot happened in the world of tech this week. And then coming up this week, I mean, we've got uh, Windows 11 is going to be available. Boo. You're you're saying boo, but you're not a Mac user. How long will it be before you actually go ahead and jump into Windows 11? Can I be completely honest with yeah. you? You asked that question. This is All what's right. going to happen to me, okay? I am not going to install Windows 11 when it gets released. However, I can almost guarantee you that one of these evenings, I'm going to be sitting here. I'm going to be watching a YouTube video on Windows 11 and how great it is. Mm -hmm. And after consuming a few too many adult beverages, I'm probably going to upgrade <laughs> to Windows 11 and then regret it in the morning. <laughs> tech regret. Yeah, tech regret. <laughs> Sean, what are you looking forward to the most? I mean, we've kind of covered some of this before, but if, if you're going to do it, are you going to wait? Are you going to go ahead and go full? I've got multiple machines at home, stuff I do certain things on, like... I've got the machine I've got connected to my 3D printer, which I use exclusively for blending and, um, you know, slicing and things like that. And I, I think I'm going to do it to at least one machine just to yeah. see. Get a virtual machine. Yeah. And they're going to make that easier with 11, I believe. Running virtual That's what machines. That's said, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> because you mm -hmm. never know how much resources a virtual machine is going to take and if it's going to work with the, you know, it's just going to, do they have the right drivers for all the VMs, VM softwares and yeah. all this stuff. So it's going to yeah. be... I'm sure they do, but then again, until you try it, you don't know if it's going to work or is it going to work on my hardware? Is it, is there going to be an issue with the RAM that I'm using? You never know until you do it. And like I said, I've got a couple of machines. I'll probably drop it onto one of them and see how it goes. I did run the, uh, log onto the windows insider program, which I'm a member of. And I did the, uh, the test, the hardware test to uh, see if that, if it, if it would work. And my, actually I was surprised my laptop Passed and it said, "Yeah, this will be able to run Windows 11." The thing to remember, though, if anybody's listening that is going to do this this week, just remember to make your backup. Don't and maybe even you know what? What do you of think course. about this? Getting another hard drive like an SSD. They're they're so inexpensive. Hooking it up and installing it fresh on that. Would that mm. be? What do you think? Windows is not going to run good off an external hard drive. No, no, I mean, no. You, I mean, you're... I mean, installing. Just going ahead and installing um, an SSD and. And doing oh. it that way. Oh, I thought you meant external. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you put an SSD in, put in yeah, your... Yeah, but, but that's a little bit more advanced because now you've got to go into your BIOS or at least the Windows Boot Manager, and you've got to be able to tell it to bring up the Windows Boot Manager at startup. So normally when people are pretty used to turning on their PC, it just automatically boots into Windows. Now what you're asking it to do is bring up a menu and say, 
which version of Windows would you like to boot into? And that, that can get a little complicated depending on your computer. Yeah. I was actually thinking of just pulling the other drive out, just just going fresh, like it's a brand new, fresh install and going <sighs> it that way. You could, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it that way. I'm not going to just yeah. sideload it onto a drive. I'm going to put it on a new drive that's solely for going to be for Windows 11, right? And at this point, I would be uncomfortable having other drives connected that, like, say I put a new drive in, but I've still got my Windows 10 drive in there. Who mm -hmm. knows what Windows 11 is going to do to any other drive connected to a SATA port? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or an external drive. Like, yeah. it's going to take time, and I'm going to, there's going to be some weird bugs that come out, right? Because the community is going to break it. The community is going to find all these weird quirks uh, that may or may not be features. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. We may find some unexpected features. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Bugs, bugs, bugs are features. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I just want I want to make sure all my program is going to work with it. You know, that's the other thing. I run an older version of the Adobe suite. I want to make sure it's so I don't have to update and suddenly start paying for the new one. You're going to run into so many issues with, I mean, probably not as many as you, you used to when you went from, you know, 95 to 98 or 98 to Vista or, you know, things like that. A big jump in terms of architecture. But you've got to be aware that not all your programs are going to work. Yeah. Not everybody's supporting yeah. Windows 11 drivers yet. And, yeah. and what does that look like? Do they look like Windows 10 drivers? Will Windows 10 drivers work on Windows 11? Right? Because there are applications that you still have to run in Windows XP compatibility mode, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Right? Mm. So it's like, what is it going to take for developers to get on board and push those windows 11 drivers out or how many times you're going to have to update those drivers in the coming weeks because they find a bug or hey that yeah. new driver just now crashes my game every time that i'm playing for would, you know yep. i'd rather just not upgrade right now i went through this recently with uh ios did an update uh and i'm not talking about ios 15 there was an update they did that enhanced the protection your privacy and I use the uh, QuickBooks app. I've got the app. I actually pay a monthly fee for it to help track my mileage. So because I run a business, I can, you know, of course, exclude uh, and get a write-off for mileage that is associated with the business. And it's automatically done. You know, I just, at night, I might sit there. or Sometimes it takes me a couple of weeks. I'll just go through and that was a business trip. That was a business trip. Mm -hmm. That was personal. And do it that way. It's great because at the end of the year, you know, I pay 10 bucks a month for this. But at the end of the year... I see how much I've saved uh, by being able to write off, you know, my mileage deduction. Well, when I did this update, suddenly it blocked QuickBooks from tracking my mileage because of the privacy features. I lost two weeks, maybe three, because it had been that long since I went sat down to do it, of mileage. It was gone. It did not track it because uh, the iOS had actually blocked it because it, I had to tell it, no, go ahead. You can track this. You had to do that with the app. Any app that tracks, you had to be able to say, no, go ahead and do this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I lost three weeks that I have to figure out manually what it was. So, yeah, you've got to be really careful when you do any kind of update like this. Speaking of that, iOS 15 is now available. Um, and I don't know if you, you did the update, Sean. You're, you're an Apple user. I know you aren't, uh, Justin. Did you run the update? I have not updated to iOS 15 yet because I... Like Justin said, it's good to wait. Yeah. Now, I don't let everybody have, else do like the I work said, for you. I don't have more than one phone, 
at home, I have more than one PC. So if I upgrade to Windows 11, I'm not going to be hurting my main gaming PC, right? But if I update to Windows or iOS 15 and I don't like it, well, then I am either have to downgrade or I have to deal with what I don't like. Yeah. And, you know, there's always privacy updates. There's always bug updates. So I'll wait a week or two or maybe even a month until 15.1 comes out or 15.2 comes out. And I know a lot of the privacy updates are good uh, with iOS 15 and they have a new focus mode and all these other things that are great about it. But I'm just going to wait because, for one, I'm running an older phone. I have a win- I have an uh, the seven plus, mm-hmm. and iOS 15 is the last iOS update my phone is going to get. So, mm-hmm. we'll see how it works on my phone because it's not designed for my phone. It's not designed for the architecture in my phone. So, we'll see. Now, I know for anybody thinking about uh, upgrading their their smartphone, and actually, because I'm I'm on the 8s, uh, I I swear it seems like just a year, not even a year ago. Uh, got Gloria the i the the iPhone 12. Now uh, it's like suddenly the 13s here. I don't still don't know if I really want to upgrade to the 13, but the cinema mode looks pretty good. But CNET did a pretty good article this past week, uh, and they compared the uh, the iPhone 7 all the way up through the 12 to the 13 because they were able to get their hands on it. So if you're looking for an article to see, maybe to help you decide if maybe it's time. Maybe you want to, you might want to take a look at CNET.com because they did a pretty good piece on that. So that's something to look at there. You know, you guys are all sitting there talking about your uh, iPhones and all that. There's another phone that's about to hit the market very soon. The Google Pixel 6. Finally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it was announced, uh, but it wasn't, there's no, like no release date. I actually, I don't even know if it's really technically announced, but there are so many rumors out there right now. There has been leaks with actual pictures of the phone and stuff. So it's 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 pretty much uh, in the bag. It's going to be released. But this is the brand new flagship phone for Google. So it's running Android. So it's going to run Android 12. Uh, it's going to be an AMOLED 90 hertz HDR screen. Uh, it's going to be, wow. I think it's like, uh, it's going to have a, a 19.5 to 9 ratio. So it's it's going to be cinematic, but it's going to be a little bit longer than it is wide. Um, but uh, it's going to be 6.4 inches uh, size, and that's going to be screen, what is that? 83% screen to body or ratio. Anyway, whatever, all the specs on that. Yeah. But it's going to have the brand new 5 nanometer Google Tensor chip in it. That's supposed to be outstanding. Uh, and then also the, the different sizes you can get, they're all going to come with 12 gigabytes of RAM built in, but you're going to be able to get 128 gigs, 256 gigs, and 512 gigs. Wow. Um, but there's no card slots. So you're not going to be able to put an SD card in it. So, um, But honestly, the biggest thing about the Google Pixel 6 is going to be the camera, and it's going to rival the iPhone uh, 13 Pro. Now, Which that's is the, pretty amazing. I've seen it. Well, yeah, the Pro. So, like, you got the iPhone 13, you got the iPhone 13 Pro. Uh, the only difference really between the two iPhones is the camera. And the iPhone 13 Pro is, at this moment, the best on the market. Yeah. Uh, however, Google, the Pixel 6 should rival that. They're going to be coming out with a 50 megapixel wide. Uh, they're going to do a 12 megapixel ultra wide. Wow. They're also going to be able to support uh, 4K at 30 and 60 frames per second. And 1080p video at 30, 60, 120, and 240 frames per second. So, 
I don't know. This is going to be interesting. It, you know, cameras are really what sets the cell phones apart, especially with iPhone right now. iPhone, this is a very blah release of iPhone. And believe me, I actually looked at it. There's really not that much new about the new iPhone, except for the camera. Now, however, the Google Pixel 6, it's got a lot of new stuff right. that you'll probably find in the iPhone 14 or 15. Um, so, and that, and I'm, I'm, it's a joke, but it's kind of truth. Android usually does things first. Apple does things later from, they steal it from Android, but they claim they make it better regardless. Now, is it still, does it still hold true though, that the pixel devices, because they're from Google, yep. Android, that they get the updates faster Absolutely. than the Samsung smartphones? Absolutely. Because the thing is they come straight from Google. Now, no matter your carrier, doesn't matter what your carrier is. Uh, if you have a Google Pixel phone, you are the first to get the updates. If you have a Samsung phone or whatever, the big hang-up is, so Android is made by Google. So Google comes up with the hot fix, the security patch, if you will. They send it down to the manufacturers of the phones. The phones manufacturers then have to kind of like tinker it, tinker with it a little bit to make it work for their phone. Then they send it down to the carrier, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, Sprint, right. or actually that's T-Mobile now, whatever. Um, <laughs> they send it down to them, and then the carriers also get to tinker with it for a little while, and then it finally gets to your phone. With Google Pixel 6, or Google Pixel in general, uh, it goes directly from Google because it's made on the Pixel. That's where they come up. That's what they use for their test bed for the Android. It comes directly from them to your carrier instead of having to go through another phone manufacturer. So you get the updates faster than other phone manufacturers. I mean, I've got a Pixel 5. Yeah. Now, my wife's got a Samsung Galaxy S, S9. And she came from uh, an, uh, an, an iPhone, Apple. and you didn't think, yeah, she, you didn't think she was going to mm -hmm. like it. Well, she didn't like Android to begin with because she didn't know how to use it. But once she started using it, she's like, oh, my gosh, this is so much better. Well, you know, one of the arguments that a lot of people have said uh, about Android and iPhone is like, you know, with the iPhone, you could actually have face, you know, FaceTime. Well, iOS 15 is now making that possible for Android users now to communicate with iPhone users. So if somebody in the household yeah. suddenly wants to go Android, they want to be able to, to do this. They can do FaceTime as well as Windows users joining on a FaceTime call. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're kind of integrating that. And that's, that's, a, that's a good step on, on Apple's uh, part. Um, I know FaceTime has definitely been an, an Apple-only exclusive for the longest time, mm -hmm. well, forever, really. But to have it available on Android. Now, the funny thing is, though, is I've seen a lot of memes about FaceTime on an Android from <laughs> Apple. You're going to get, like, potato-quality video. And I've seen that before because yeah. even videos that are recorded with an iPhone – that are then directly sent to my phone, like via text message. Yeah, the quality is insanely horrible, uh, and I, and that's because an Apple and Android they've notoriously not played well together, so they do stuff to sabotage each other. So I don't know if it's Android's fault or if it's Apple's fault. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to seeing a side by side comparison of the iPhone 13 Pro and the Google Pixel 6 on in terms of the camera. Right. I want to say who's better at that. Because right now, Apple's saying we're Hollywood quality with this. I'm really wanting to see what Google says. Uh, let me, I'll have to look up the specs and I can, I can do a better breakdown of it and get into like pixel density and megapixels and, and sensor size and that yeah. type of stuff. So let me see if I can find a comparison and, and see what I think is considerably considered the better of the two. All right. Now, okay. you know, speaking, maybe we could cover some of that next week on the show. 
uh, and a kind of a breakdown of that. But now Amazon made a bunch of announcements today and you Holy know, cow, did they make a bunch of announcements. Oh, Holy right. cow. <laughs> There's a We're lot that's going to be world. coming from them. We could do a whole show just on the uh, Amazon announcements. It's it's every aspect of technology. It's wild. One of those that I, I thought was pretty cool that I actually would like to look at is this new, um, uh, it's a new Alexa device that is, it's like a tablet. It's like, fifth, what, a 15-inch uh, Echo Show device? Yeah, they call it the Echo Show 15. Yep, it's a, it's a frame. It's almost like a looks like a framed picture. Almost, it's a wall can, mountable. Yeah, you can hang it on the uh, wall. Yeah, and then it just it it one tap access to things like reminders, calendars, security camera views, anything, uh, Alexa or uh, Ring or anything. You have those all available at, your, at the touch of your fingers in a wall mountable 15 inch picture. Now, frame I want that thing. for Nest Nest products, Nest and Wise. Right. Like I, I have my wise cameras built into my home assistant, but they're running off of RTSP. And so it takes a while for the camera to load up. But I would love to have a device like the Echo that you can hang on the wall. It's one click access to my cameras and all that stuff. That one was cool. The other announcement, and we all just kind of dropped our jaw. And I heard about this last year and I thought, yeah, sure. Let's see if this happens. And it looks like it's happening. It is a drone that is similar to a think of a Roomba, how it kind of goes around your house, and then when it's low on battery, will go back into its docking station. This is a drone though that can work as a security drone flying around your house when you're not home. It's wild. Yeah, I, you. I hadn't seen this one because I, I just saw the announcements earlier because I was working all day today, and it's wild. It's a. It's got a dock. It's literally like a flying Roomba. But it's 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 crazy because you can set it up to do like I don't want it's like Sentry. It could be like a Sentry, like your own home Sentry, where it can fly mm -hmm. around and detect windows open. It can detect people. It can that detect is pets. really creepy. Yeah, oh, no, detect pets. That and, are, the, the I can tell you right now, the pets are going to be absolutely insanely scared of this thing. That's wild. Just the videos I've found of it flying around. You know, it's it's like a drone, right? So it's creepy you're gonna be able to fly this thing around and spy on people in your house <laughs> uh, and the thing is that when it when it docks and it's docked they say the camera's off now it's part of the ring product line right so it'll be you know home security is how they're they're kind wait, of wait, 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 wait. go back to that when it's docked the camera's off that's what they say quote unquote yeah just the, just the same thing they said when Alexa's not listening to you unless you say the word Alexa. Or the ring devices weren't, uh, they yeah, weren't capturing video right. off that. So you got to remember well, that. So you're, so you're talking about these always-on devices that are always listening. The next one that we're going to talk about from Amazon is the Hey Disney. What is that? I saw this. No, I didn't. What? All Disney hotel rooms will have a device in them. So you can just say, Hey Disney, what time does the park open today? And it's going to give you Alexa. It's going to use Amazon to pull all that information and talk to you in your room. Oh, yep, that's not different. staying at Disney properties anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's called Hey Hey Disney. I'm trying to pull up the right tab here. I had it. You know that might be kind of uh, cool though for the kids if it's character voices. You know that are doing it. You know, I mean, they've been able to do this with Samuel L. Jack. I have Samuel L. Jackson throw me the weather, and it's it's pretty cool. I paid what two bucks for it. And I've got that feature added on my uh, Alexa devices. But uh, yep. so this this article says it's coming to tens of thousands of Walt Disney World Resort hotel rooms, allowing guests guests to say, hey, Disney, 
and ask about things like when the park opens, when's the next shuttle, uh, and requesting towels or, or room service or those types of things. Because if there's one thing that people love in their hotel rooms, it's a microphone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, no, not really. <laughs> You know, yeah. we've been worried. Yeah. We've been worried about Big Brother, and you know, Sean, you've talked about this before. We've been worried about Big Brother in our neighborhoods, on the corners, and you know what? Honestly, there's been a purpose. It's actually been able to to solve crimes in many cases. However, now we're just bringing it into our homes. Mm-hmm. We're letting it. We're just letting it run amok, right yep. around. But I can see the benefit. I mean, if I'm at work and I'm thinking, wait, did I leave boiled eggs on the stove? And I'm only saying that because it's happened before. I can actually take the drone, fly it over the boiled eggs and see, are they still on the stove or on the ceiling? Or, you know, is the stove on? Is it and, off? And then the heat of the stove melts the blades of the drone and the drone crashes and <laughs> starts on fire and sets your whole house on fire. And now you're like, wow, I'm definitely in a pickle now. I'm not Mr. Bean, you know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there are, that's the thing. You can say there are negatives, but you can also say there are positives. You know, I could see like staying in a Walt Disney World hotel. That's what they want you to believe. Being able to have it. Can you imagine, Eric, if suddenly suddenly Mickey Mouse is talking to Eric and saying, you know, the park opens at this time, you know, that whole bit. It's going to be no, one of those because, things. Because what he's going to do is he's going to constantly be asking every second, hey, Disney, <laughs> what time's the park open? <laughs> okay, Eric, the park opens at 9. Hey, Disney, what time's the park open? Oh, okay, man. Eric, the park opens at 9. I don't know. Would you, would you do the drone thing? Would you think that'd be kind of cool? No. No? No. I've got cameras around the house. I don't need a drone. Right. I do like the idea of the Echo 15 uh, because I have the small Echo and I have a larger size one in our bedroom uh, and we use it as an alarm. It's basically an alarm clock, you know, but... It could start up to music. It could give me news. It does a routine. See, that's the thing. I, I don't, I, I guess I probably am a little bit of a hypocrite here because I do have a Google Home speaker mm-hmm. in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. But we use it for like, um, we use it like an alarm clock. What, what, no, what do you call the, um, the, like the, um, white noise? That's the word I'm oh, looking okay, for. White yeah, noise. Yeah. So, like at night, I'll tell it to, you know, be like, hey, play relaxing creek sounds for 12 hours or whatever. Yeah. But having a, device a smart device in the bedroom uh you know especially when they're always listening can lead to some privacy issues so i don't know i mean like it's a little weird to have a smart device in a bedroom yeah and they tell and they say we don't listen but then they get subpoenaed and have to turn it over and oh wait it really did listen to me murder somebody last night in my home and now that's used in court so (laughs) Exactly. Wow, what have you been doing, Sean? <laughs> yeah, where did you go? <laughs> no, that's, that's hypothetical. Hello. Somebody watches too much ID channel. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Listen, there is an event coming up on Tuesday uh, here in town at Silver Springs, uh, which is a senior living community, and it's all about smartphone photography. Our cameras are getting better. And, uh, the, the we phones, just talked about that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kristen Gray is a, a photographer that just loves what they're doing with smartphones. She's, you know, played around with DSLRs and, and you know, she's gone the whole route. So we're going to talk to her about this course that people can attend. They can hit up Facebook, look for events, uh, smartphone photography, do that. And you can sign up to uh, check out this event again. It's coming up Tuesday from 10 till noon. When we come back. We'll be talking 
to Kristen Gray. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. Find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. And, you know, I love photography. Matter of fact, all of us love photography uh, on the show. And, you know, there's been so many changes when it comes to photography. You know, I've I, I've gone old school. I've, got, I've done photography with film. Uh, I finally got myself a DSLR, which I absolutely loved. I love the ability to be able to change the lenses and do so many things with it. But let's face it, our smartphones are just so good when it comes to that. You know, we've had uh, Scott Kelby on the show before, and we've been talking about, you know, uh, how you could take photos now with your smartphones. And really, the, the, the quality is just phenomenal. But there are tricks to really getting the most out of it. And there is a seminar that's going to be coming up at Silver Springs, uh, and it's on smartphone photography. It's happening this coming Tuesday, starting at 10 and going till noon. It can really give you the, the, the real basics and how to get a really good photo with your smartphone. And Kristen Gray is with us on the line with American Southwest Credit Union, an avid photographer, and uh, she's going to be heading up this program to show people how to do this. Kristen, thanks for coming on Tech Talk Radio. Thanks for having me. When you look at where we are with smartphones, it's no longer a phone. It's really a camera that has the ability to make a phone call. That's very true. I mean, the, the quality that comes out of your latest and greatest smartphones is absolutely phenomenal. We've always uh, told, talked about photography in the sense that it's always, it's always fun to talk about, oh, what kind of lens did you shoot with or what? But really, honestly, a lot of it can still be in the eye of the photographer, the person that's taking the picture. They're doing the framing. This can all still be achieved really well with a smartphone. Yeah, it's very true. One of the main things about taking photos is no matter what you're shooting with, framing is key. You need to really hone in on your subject and make sure your subject is well lit or moving the subject into a better lit place rather than just taking it off the cuff. Avoiding backlighting can really assist um, any photographer, no matter what equipment they're using, whether it be a DSLR or a smartphone, to get the best possible photo they can get in the circumstance. Now, can somebody, like taking a photo with a smartphone, whether they have an Android device or an iOS device, can they still utilize that phone to maybe even do some, some simple edits after they take the photo to really enhance that? They sure can. Um, not only can they use the phone to do edits, but prior to shooting, they can choose different modes. For instance, if you're taking a landscape, some of the, some of the newer phones now have a landscape mode. And so you would click on that before you take the photo, or some of them have a portrait mode. So if you're taking a photo of one person to maybe three people, you would click on the portrait mode. And that already sets up the photo to get the best possible results under the circumstances. And then after the photo is taken, you can enhance the photo through either the editing apps that the phone already has installed on it, or you can go online and download those apps into your phone and then um, use those apps to, to edit them the way you want to. It's really amazing uh, some of the the apps that are out there that can uh, allow us to do this. And, and you're right. I mean, we have these apps as actually a part of the phone in many respects. So you can get them without having to pay any extra money. 
But I do know that, Kristen, a lot of our listeners that, that may be listening right now, they may have like a really cool Android device. Uh, they may have, you know, a Pixel. They may have, you know, the uh, an iPhone 10 or iPhone 12 or, hey, maybe even the iPhone 13. But a lot of it can be a little confusing as to the different features that are on the phone, like how to use this particular camera or how to, you know, how to frame up that shot or maybe take a series of shots if you're looking at action. Are you going to be covering some of that in the smartphone photography program that is happening this Tuesday? Yes. In the workshop, we're going to be going over some basic photography features based on landscape or portraits is mainly what we're going to focus on. Um, then we'll go into some composition for landscapes and portraits oh, cool. for um, you know, your, your most ideal compositions based on your end goal. Right. And then once we do that, um, I'll go ahead and take a look at some of the phones individually. So there's individual work going on. So I can look at the, your phone, look at the features, look at what you have available um, on your phone, and then helping you individually frame out what you're trying to accomplish. Some of the phones that I, in, in my last seminar that was also in Sarita uh, about a month ago, I learned that uh, one of the Android devices actually has a food mode on it. So this particular business owner wanted to take photos of, um, she owned a restaurant and she had a food mode. I showed her how to use the food mode to give her the most advantageous photo for her website. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's really cool that they even have a food mode that's amazing, um, you know, and because a lot of us do that, you know, we go somewhere and it's kind of like, it's, it's funny because when you see like a hamburger in an ad, you know, for a burger place and it just looks so amazing. And then sometimes you try and take the same picture and it's like, what happened to it? Yeah. You know, it, but that's, that's the thing that photographer knows really how to get the most out of the angle and how to, you know, having that, that lighting that can make a big difference. Right. And I think a lot of people now use their phones for sharing photos, especially with, uh, you know, kids and grandkids and using that portrait mode to the, to the, the best of your advantage helps you get the, the best quality photo in the particular circumstance you're in so that you can look back on the photos and have really great quality candid photos in any situation um, it's not always convenient to call a professional photographer, although, you know, sometimes we, we can't get the photos we want unless yeah. we call a, a professional, especially if we want to be in the photo with our family. But just for those, you know, off the cuff moments, iPhones are great for them. And it's great if people can really understand their phone, their phone camera to make sure they're getting the best quality photo that's possible. My, my children are, are pretty much grown up now. They're in the, like around 25, 26. And I remember, you know, I, I shot film <laughs> 110 uh, back when they, you know, they were growing up in their very early years. And I think now about just how great it is to have these smartphones with these capabilities because it gives that opportunity to really document you know, not only, you know, your child growing up, but your grandchildren, or like you said, if you, somebody's got a collection of, you know, something that they really like, they have a baseball card collection or a car collection, they could use their smartphone to document all of that and really get the most out of it to be able to share with, with loved ones and even share, you know, over the internet. So you could take a photo now and you don't have to, you know, print it and then put it in an envelope and mail it. You could send it via email. Um, 
this is a hands-on demonstration. So you you want people to bring their smartphones with them so that you can actually help guide them in some of those features. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it's the first part of it is going to be a little bit of basic knowledge um, taught to the entire class, maybe the first half hour, um, maybe 45 minutes, yeah. and then the rest of it will be hands-on. What has been, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, another, when it comes to like smartphone technology, and you know, if you've been using a smartphone for the past 10 years, what has been the one thing that really, really made you say, wow, it, this is, this is just amazing. Uh, because again, the pixel has features, the Samsung, you know, galaxy devices do. And then the iPhones, has there been one though, that was really stood out for you as far as what it could do feature wise? I think when the iPhone implemented the portrait mode, which gave depth of field to portraits and for listeners who don't understand depth of field, that means that when you have a, a shallow depth of field in the in the portrait, that the background becomes that beautiful, blurry background. Um, when the iPhone came up with that feature, that's when I went, "Wow, that's yeah. neat." It really, and it really makes the subject or you know, or whatever you're taking a photo of really pop. I mean, you can do this with food, food as well. Yeah, yeah, and the the food mode is very similar to the portrait mode. I think it it just has more, a little bit more saturation and a little bit more crispness. With, yeah. for lack of a better term. Um, obviously, on a portrait, you don't want to enhance every uh, skin pore like you might on food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. It's like, oh, you got sesame seeds. Look at that. <laughs> right, exactly. I remember talking to a friend of mine about this a couple of years ago when, you know, they didn't understand that, you know, you take a photo and then you can, you know, you can do stuff afterwards, like black and white. You know, there's something special about black and white. You can actually capture a photo and really have it in black and white, which makes it really kind of a fun experience with all these cool filters and features. The cool thing about it, too, is that you can save that black and white photo as a separate file. So then you don't have to necessarily choose. Exactly. So you have both the best of both worlds, depending on, you know, how you want to want to frame it. Now, can people take and, and I don't know if you're going to go into this, the printing process, because, again, a lot of us, we like to have our photos on our walls. Um, can somebody take a photo with their smartphone and then print it out uh, on a printer? Can they take it somewhere to get it printed out? Yeah, they can. Um, various companies will print directly from a smartphone. Um, you can email the file to some print companies, or you can download it to your com computer, put it on a flash drive, and take it directly to the print company of your choice. You know, you need to have that resolution, and we're seeing that with some of the newer devices, aren't we? Yes, we are. Those of us who have used DSLRs probably can tell the difference between something that's shot with a smartphone yeah. versus a DSLR in the larger prints. Um but in a smaller print that's probably five by seven, six by nine, eight by twelve, you're probably not going to see that much of a difference. Um, and most people are extremely pleased with the results. They are. I'm. I'm this is going to be a great program. Facebook is one way that people can get signed up for this and and get more information. And you know, it's open to pretty much anybody on or off Facebook as well. Uh, and it's going to be going on this Tuesday, 10 a.m. till noon. Bring your smartphones and be prepared to learn how to take those better pictures. And it's going to be great. And we're looking forward to it again. Coming up this Tuesday, 
10 a.m. till noon. If they need more info, they could drop me an email or jump onto Facebook and look for Silver Springs. Uh, they've got the program. They're going to be doing it there uh, right here in town. Kristen Gray, thank you so much for talking to us. And uh, we're looking forward. If I can get out of some work, I'm going to come check this out because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. And we're back. Okay, so, Justin, you're the one that kind of has the Oculus. You still have that, right? Oh, yeah, I do. I, I, I haven't played it very often recently, though. <laughs> to be honest, I really haven't played much at all. So. What Now, why is that? Is it just... It's just uh, I've been busy with work, and then by the time I'm done with everything, get Eric to bed, it's... I'm tired, yeah. you know? I don't want to play any games. Uh, I, I usually will sit down and either watch YouTube or I'll watch... Uh, well, lately I've been watching the Marvel series, so I'm trying to... Like, You're do finally them. watching those? Well, no I'm, no, I'm trying to watch all the Marvel movies in chronological order, and I've seen plenty of them, but right. I, I, I want to watch them again in order. Like, so last night... I wanted to play Final Fantasy fourteen online, and I haven't played it for a while. And yeah. I finally sat down, and I tried to log in. I couldn't remember my password. Oh, great. So I had to reset that. And finally, once I reset it, then I go to log in, only to find out that it's server maintenance all night long. Oh, so I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can't do that. So what I ended up doing was I ended up just watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, I've right. already seen it before, but I wanted to watch it again. Again, I'm watching them in chronological chronological order. So I got Guardians Volume Two, and then after that, I think it's Thor Rag. No, no, it's uh, it's it's uh, Age of Ultron, right? Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then I get to go into the ones I've actually wanted to see, and that's Ant Man. I've never seen Ant Man. So you I never wanna... saw Ant Man? Oh, that's I never so did. cool. So I want to see, and honestly, I've never seen Avengers Age of Ultron. I haven't seen Avengers Infinity War. I haven't seen Avengers Endgame. I haven't seen a lot of those. Oh, man, you got a lot to say. I haven't seen Doctor Strange, well, you the, know? So, like, yeah, so there's a lot of them I have to catch up on. But that's, I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but that's kind of what I do. If I don't have time to play games, I'll just sit and watch a movie or whatever. All right, so let me ask you, what is the scariest video game you've ever played? Oh, god! Has there been anyone, because has there been one that... Phasmopho- phas- phasmophobia. Phasmophobia? No, I, I've never even heard of that. What platform is that? It's, it's on Steam. It's a ghost hunting game. Right. Uh, you are a supernatural hunter, and you have to use different tools to weed out supernatural entities in things like uh, an old school, an old abandoned school, an old jail. Certain ha- there are multiple different houses you have to do it. But the thing is, you can do it in VR. Ah, yes. That's I think that's and, the whole key, right? Yeah, it's it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a little repetitive after you clear out some of the stuff but it's cool because you interact with the supernatural and different things like you get an esp meter you get a voice box that you can talk into and the ghosts will talk back to you and you get a thermometer and then the temperature drops and things like that and if you get caught by the ghost it kills you and it's 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 one of those things where the closer you get to finding the ghost the heart you start hearing the heartbeat in the game and it's things start getting it's the adrenaline starts pumping and it's uh, it's definitely a jump scare game. Right. So if you're not into those types of things, um, and it's when I first got it, everybody was like, "Oh, you got to play it in the dark. You got to have all the lights off in your house." Oh and man. Stuff. And, and in the basement at my house, it's pretty black. It's pretty dark in the basement. Um, and I'm gonna tell you, when you're in a room searching for this thing, and all of a sudden, you, you know, I've got my spatial my my Arctis Seven. They do spatial audio, right? So it's 
you hear it just whew, right behind you, and you, you turn around and you're thinking it's really right behind you. And, uh, it's wild. And um, watching my friend play it on VR because I don't have VR, I watched him play it just from him on Discord with his camera on, and the number of times he literally jumped out of his seat because he was terrified of the thing. He turned around and there was a ghost standing right behind him and things. So I think a current game that's the most scary for me definitely well, is, is phas- Phasmophobia. Uh, for my childhood, definitely uh, Doom or mm-hmm. Hexen. Hexen was oh, Hexen. great. Um, for me, I would have to say... Uh... Gosh, I mean, yeah, Doom. Doom definitely goes on up there. Um, I'd have to say uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Is, I haven't heard of that one either. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a fairly new one. It's basically um, it's almost like a mist style game because you don't really mm-hmm. get to walk around and do things. You're you're kind of like you're. Well, the whole premise is you're a security guard that's hired to uh, be night security at like what is the equivalent of a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh man. And the animatronic figures come alive and try to kill you. But well, wasn't that a, which a is plot for a Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah, Wonder I, Wonder World or something like that. I think I don't know. I think yeah. so. But but honestly, going to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, those animatronic characters scared me. To know that there's a <laughs> video game where these things actually come to life and try to kill you. And the thing is, is you can't really move around. So all you're doing is you're clicking to look left, clicking to look right, right, or clicking at the security cameras to look at them. And when you click left, click left and look, and all of a sudden there's this giant panda smiling at you, like right next to your face, it can make you pee a little. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say Five Nights at oh Freddy's. Oh, my God. But mine, uh, and I remember playing that one with my daughters was Hexen. And I remember my daughters were terrified because, you know, they're a lot younger and, and it was terrifying. Well, there's one that's coming out and I have got to get my hands on this, but I don't have an Oculus device yet. So I'm going to have to find one to experience But Resident Evil 4 in virtual reality is going to be out on the 22nd Ooh. of this month. And people are saying that this is just absolutely terrifying. I was looking at some screenshots from it that have been unveiled. And again, it's that whole premise. See, VR, I think when you're you're in a game, it it brings you in more to the game. You're not sitting, you know, leaning, you know, close to the monitor, watching the game, and then something happens, you jump back. With VR, there's there's the jump back is your entire self because you feel like it's right there. So I want to experience something like that and try it. But Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4 in virtual reality. And that's for those that don't know, that's a like a zombie type game you've got zombies yeah coming at you. so resident evil one uh was the other one i was going to mention because there was that was the kind of like the first time that that type of game ever came out mm-hmm. and i remember in resident evil one you you enter the mansion and you go right down a hallway yep. and as you're walking down the hallway some dogs jump through the window some rabid zombie dogs jump through the window at you and i remember jumping up from my seat because i had never seen something like that before in a game and it scared the living daylights out of me. Yeah. Having Resident Evil in VR, oh, man, that is injuries waiting to happen because yeah. you are going to be duck, dive, dip, dodge, and duck. Jumping back the whole bit. Yeah, that so. was a dodgeball reference, by the way. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay, anyway. You can dodge a you can dodge a ball. You see? There you go. Thank you. Uh, but no, seriously, though, I, I think having it in VR is going to be terrifying because you're – 
Wow, I can't. They have Five Nights at Freddy's in VR, and I refuse to buy it. Now I'm going to have to look those both up. Now, if I want to buy like a, an Oculus, what is it going to cost me? I mean, what are they going for? Two hundred dollars. Now, do I need? Now, I, I've played with early VR where I had to put the phone inside the the unit. Do I have to do that? Do I have to take my smartphone, put it in front of no. it? No. No, 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 yeah, no. It's, it's, a, it's its own standalone thing. You yeah. charge it up. It's wireless. It's you don't need to plug it in. Yeah, you don't need yeah. to connect it to the PC like a Rift, like you do with the Rift. It's standalone. It's it's portable. Uh, everything is contained inside of it. Wow. Now, would this be recommended with people with bad tickers? Uh, <laughs> probably not. The other one that's actually... Now, this is not necessarily scary, per se, but... Um, is uh, it's it's a game on the VR I got. It's called uh, uh, Richie's Plank Experience. Right. And it starts out, you're just on the ground level of a New York City type of skyscraper-ish thing, and you walk into the elevator and you press the top floor, and when the elevator opens, there's literally a plank that's extending out across the building, and you can walk out to the plank and then just fall down, and you just fall to your death. But... It's all in VR, and I've seen so many videos of people that they're not really, obviously, they can't see what's really around them in real life, so they go to the edge of the plank thinking they're going to jump off, and they jump, and they actually jump into, like, a glass coffee table. Oh, no. Or they, or they jump <laughs> into the good. television and crack the television <laughs> um, because they're not aware of their surroundings. And yeah. It's it's pretty pretty crazy, but I, I did get Richie's plank experience, and I thought it was going to scare the poo out of everybody I showed it to, but everybody I showed it to was kind of like, oh, oh, hey, I'm falling. Oh, this is cool. Uh, okay, that's it. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I thought that was supposed to be more scary than it was, but, you know, I guess it depends on who you are. But Richie's Plank Experience is another good one. Yeah, if you want to waste a few minutes on the Internet, just go- just search for VR fails, and you'll see all sorts of videos of people well, hitting things in, in VR, falling over, or... There's an entire subreddit dedicated to that. It's called VR to ER. Oh, no, that's not good. <laughs> Seriously. So, so yeah. good advice. If you're going to do virtual reality, VR, make sure your surroundings are, are known. You have a, a great space to be able to work in uh, because you never know wh- where your, your body is going to go when it moves because it thinks it's clear, but there might be, like you said, a table or a wall there. Yeah. You remember when we were going through the same thing when the Wii first came out? The Nintendo Wii. Yeah, people were throwing their remotes into the uh, <laughs> into the screens or whatever. Yep. Now you guys are also doing uh, a uh, MMO game. Um, now an MMO game. Yeah. Uh, that you both have heard about. I've not heard about it yet. Um. So MMO is stands for massively multiplayer online. So think of like World of Warcraft or Elder Scrolls Online or Final Fantasy fourteen online. You're playing Ooh, a game okay. with. RuneScape, yeah, EVE Online, all these other games. They're all MMOs. EverQuest was one of the originals. Um, You're playing it online with thousands of other people. And usually MMOs take on the the RPG aspect, role-playing game. Mm -hmm. So a lot of fantasy-related stuff. Uh, uh, You get to play classes like Warrior or Warlock or Mage or Cleric, you know, Priest, things like that, right? Um, so there's a lot of MMOs. Amazon, the company Amazon just released on the 28th of September, they released a new MMO that they themselves produced. Now, there's wow. a studio obviously behind it that that actually did the game, but 
Amazon is the distributor and well, not the distributor, but the uh, yeah producer. Yeah, they because they paid for it. It's called New World. Right. Now, New World actually came into the news a little while back when they were doing a closed beta test. Uh, this was right around the time that the, all the brand new NVIDIA cars were coming out, like the new Ooh. RTX 3070, 3080, and 3090. Right. And there were reports of people having their 3090, which goes for a retail of like at least $1,400. When they were playing New World, their cards would start to smoke and they would, <laughs> and they would break. Really? And it, and it turned out it was a bug with the game and, and Amazon had to fork out a lot of money to replace all of these customers' cards, even if they didn't buy it from Amazon. Wow. They had to fork out a lot of money to replace a lot of cards because of the problem. Anyway, they fixed that. But New World is a new MMO game where it's a little different because there's not really much of a story behind it. You are basically a person that finds yourself on a new planet that's modeled a little bit kind of like early America's and you are creating a society. Oh, cool. And and you you create cities and and your your goals are to go out and you know, you might have to go out and chop down 30 trees to bring wood back to build something or you might need to go out and kill 10 zombies or whatever and you got to go do that. But you're coming back and you're building up these towns and these towns belong to I I don't know sectors or zones. But the problem is is the adjacent zone might be controlled by an opposing faction, and they're going to want to take over your stuff. So they're going to come over and attack your city. And if they take over the city and you just happen to own a house there, well, now you got to pay a bunch of taxes to live there because it's owned by the opposing faction. Oh. So it's it's interesting. It's all run by the players. The player economy, the, the, the everything is run and decided by the players. Even the regions themselves, these zones, they elect governors. To govern, which will wow. set the to set the tax rate, set the projects, set all these things. So it is kind of like a new world. That's what and that's what why called. they call Have it. Have you new played world. this yet, Sean? No, but I, I'm 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 debating whether or not I want to pick it up. It's thirty nine ninety nine if you buy the the standard version, and then there's yep. a forty nine ninety nine version if you buy like one that gives you some digital treats in the yep. game. But I just looked up. So on Steam, you can look up the current concurrent player list the yeah. top who's playing what on steam right now the game launched on september 28th so that's right. the day recording of the show so these are from september 28th these stats current players right now i just refreshed the page 582,540 current players on new world not yep. even a full 24 hours not not even not even wow a full 24 hours. they launched they launched and on the morning of the 28th i was really surprised what do you guys think the second top game on Steam uh, Rocket League? No, I don't Counter-Strike know. Global Offensive. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Man. Yeah, Counter-Strike. It's still, still a very yeah, popular still. game. Still. How old is that yeah, game? It's years. 20 years. Old. Oh, 20 years. Old. But New World took it over for today for the number of concurrent well, players. Here's something for you, Sean. Speak Based on that, I was watching a lot of streamers play it on the morning of the launch. And I was watching uh, different things. And I actually picked up the game on the morning of the launch. And I logged in just to see how long my wait would be. Now, Amazon was spinning up new servers left and right because of the wait times. But the top servers where basically all the big streamers were playing, there were upwards, I think the, the, the largest queue to join a server that I found was 25,000 players. 
Oh, my. 25,000 people were waiting in line to join one particular server where there were other servers that were like zero wait time. You could now, just go is, in right away. Is this the title you can play with your friends? So like if you, you guys started, see. you could say, yeah, come on, Andy, I'll, I'll play too. That's the problem right now is yes, you can technically, but they don't have group questing. So let's say you have a quest to kill 10 zombies and I got to kill 10 zombies. We don't get to kill 10 zombies. We got to kill 20 because you got to kill your 10. Then I got to kill my 10. Right. So like you can't do group questing together and you can't really necessarily spawn together, which means to go into ah, the game at the same point. You can go into the game at the same time, but you may end up in different areas on the map. And this map is massive. I mean, I'm talking, you know, gosh, it would probably take you a good hour and a half to run across the map. Oh, man. All right. We got to take another break. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. Tweet us at Tech Talk Radio. We'll be right back. And now back to Tech Talk Radio. All right, welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. Now, again, we were talking about that game. It's called New World, and if you or someone you know might think they might want to try it, you can find it at newworld.com. I might have to give that a shot. It's been a while. I've I've been playing around the with our website, of- but I'm thinking if I can play around with a website, that means I have time to play a game. Yeah, exactly, and you never play games. And I, the best part about this is there's no subscription fee. So you can get buy the game, and you never have to pay another dime ever again. Hey, Disney, what's the cue to get me into New World? <laughs> it's 25,000 players. Nice. You know, we were talking last week about added services where you, you know, maybe you don't want to, you want to cut the cord. One of the things we, we mentioned is Plex. There is a whole different world to Plex.tv. We got to get them back on the show because they were on the show when they first started. If you like classic television and you're a cord cutter, they've added some, I want to say like 40 channels, Bob Ross TV. um, Bob Ross TV. Seriously, all kinds of stuff. One of those is called Best Classic Television. And what it is, is all the classic TV shows that we grew up with. People don't understand. Now, you can go on to Plex.tv and you could set up an account. And to be able to use the Plex TV app, it's free, but you got to set up an account and you can do that. Uh, at Plex.tv, but I wanted to make sure we, we gave that a mention. The only way you're going to use that is if you get your Hallmark movies, okay? <laughs> well, there, there actually is a Hallmark channel aspect to it. <laughs> of course, that's the first thing Andy looked up. Coming up on the 22nd of uh, this month, they're going to be starting the Hallmark Christmas movies. There is a movie. I want to see it. Leah Thompson and Christopher Lloyd. It's a Hallmark movie about a couple of time travelers. And I'm thinking, this is perfect. The, the, of course, they were both in Back to the Future. Speaking of Christopher Lloyd, do you know, do you, have you guys heard uh, the, the live action Rick and Morty yes, coming out? That is and absolutely they're gonna cast, hilarious. They're going to cast Christopher Lloyd as Rick. Well, they already oh. did a, a short little video on it yeah, on the web. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and, and speaking of casting, one more, like, one more thing I want to get in here real quick. All right. The new live action Mar- Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, Chris Pratt doing the voice. Chris Pratt is going to... Oh, actually, it's not live action. It's going to be animated. I'm sorry. But it's going to be Chris Pratt voicing Mario. Charlie Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia is going to be voicing Luigi. And then Jack Black will be voicing Bowser. There's a star-studded cast. Who's doing the voice of Donkey Kong? Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be good. That'll be cool. All right, that's it for this week's Tech Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Please uh, leave us a review on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You get on in there. uh, And then, uh, of course, if you have a comment or a question for the show, feel free to uh, send it in to us. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Have yourselves a great week.